Grace and peace to you this morning as we gather together and worship, whether we are here physically or online, all are welcome. We're delighted that we can share together in worshiping our Lord. Will you please join me in the call to worship? O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Let us worship God. Please stand as you are able. God invites us to confess our sins and be assured of his forgiveness. Please join as we pray together in unison the prayer of confession. Holy God, righteous and merciful, cleanse our minds and free our conscience from the things that divide us from you. We have shut our eyes to your glory our minds to your truth, and our hearts to your spirit. And yet we want to love you, Lord, to offer you true worship and joyful service. From all our sins, and since all your paths are loving and sure, 
Guide us in the way we should go, and lead us to the life everlasting, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. In Christ Jesus we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. May the peace of Christ be with you. you. Greet one another with that peace. I have the privilege of once again bringing you Village Life and all that is going on. So I'll start with November the 12th. And on November the 12th, we are painting dollhouses for Habitat for Humanity. We'll be out on the parking lot over by the kids' playground. Everybody is invited. And I'm going to make this announcement, and then I'm going to release the children to go off to Sunday school. But let me say this first, because everybody wants the kids, we want the adults, we want everybody to come and help paint dollhouses because on that same day at about noon there's going to be five military families who are coming to collect those dollhouses and take them to their homes so day after veterans day what a nice thing to give to active duty military who have young families so what a great um, opportunity for us to be together now if you are a young disciple that means that you are younger than I am by decades, <laughs> you may go off to Sunday school. Michelle will meet you. Miss Michelle will meet you in the back. So um, kiddos, you are dismissed to go, and I will continue with the rest of my announcements. On November the 6th, we have a new members class. It comes directly after the service. We will even feed you to get you to be members here. But I think you will love it. It's a wonderful opportunity. You can uh, connect with me or with Holly regarding that course, and that will be directly after church. On that same day at 2 p.m., we have a celebration of life and a witness to the resurrection for Judy Aronsi. So that will be at 2 o'clock here in the sanctuary. On October the 30th, which is next week, we have two events that day. The first is we have a trunk or treat event. Everybody again is invited. You can bring candy if you like, but we'll have cars. The backs will be open. That Everybody will be decorated up, and kids can come through and pick up their Halloween candy a day early. There we go. And I think as long as you have hors d'oeuvres and chocolate for dessert, 
you kind of don't need anything else. So come and, and just come and enjoy that. Also that same day, on a Zoom call, we will be having a congregational meeting to elect our deacons, our elders, and to accept my resignation so that I can go in that big word called retirement. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> Pray for Rick, I'll be around home a lot. There you go. The Zoom connection for that meeting will come out this week. It will probably come out in the news and notes and also on the Friday. If you do not get that, please contact the church straight away so that we can make sure. That's one of the great things about being a member is that you get to vote us on or off, you know, the island here. So, so we want you to come and also you'll have an opportunity to learn about our election of our elders and deacons. Today, after the service, now they're holding some donuts out there. I'm, they told me they would. Um, we have a moment for mission. That's going to be a little bit longer than a moment. We went to Oaxaca with Plant With Purpose last month. We have all six of us who went on the trip from this church are presenting. It will not take long. You will not miss more than two innings of the Padre win over the Phillies today. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> all we can do is ask, Lord. That's all I could do. But anyway, it's a wonderful opportunity to find out about the missions here. We have slides and everybody's speaking. I'm so excited to share that with you. So please just hang out after the service uh, to hear a little bit more about um, plant with purpose and about our missions and our mission trips. At this time, I want to invite forward Doug Clare, who is on the stewardship committee and is coming to share with us a little bit about stewardship. Thank you, Doug. So I'm Doug Clare. I chair the stewardship committee here. Um, you will have noticed this year with some of the things hanging around uh, outside of the sanctuary here that our theme is look to the rock. Um, it comes from Isaiah 51.1. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and the quarry from which you were hewn. There's a lot of references to rocks and stones in the Bible. You've heard them in many sermons. They come up all the time. And uh, as a stewardship committee, we could have, we could have chosen from any, anyone from dozens that would have been good themes for a stewardship message. In the Bible, rock and stone imply strength, they imply stability, they imply origin, um, and, a, and oftentimes a place or a means of refuge. In Matthew 16, Jesus asked Peter that now famous question, who do you say that I am? Peter answers, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus then tells Peter that he's been blessed in faith through a revelation from the Father, and that this faith would be the rock on which the church would be built. Of course, our job as Christians is to bring others to the same faith, right? The Great Commission. To share our refuge and our strength, enable others to be equally blessed with their own revelation from the Father. We do that individually through our own witness, we're also charged to do it corporately and collectively through the church. So I'd ask you, please, during this season of stewardship, um, join me on the stewardship committee, not physically, but spiritually. Join me on the stewardship committee and consider prayerfully how you might do both, how you might witness personally to someone that needs that nudge 
and how you might contribute to the collective effort of the church and, uh, and help us bring faith to those who are waiting for their own revelation, who've not yet seen the rock, or who may just need a little help remembering it. Um, pledge cards are going to be out in the mail soon. Commitment Sunday is right around the corner, so please bring the thought home and uh, join me in spirit on the stewardship committee. Thank you. One of the greatest opportunities we have is to engage in the life of the church. We do that through attending worship, our Bible studies, doing missions, supporting all those things, and especially we do it in the way in which we tithe and bring our offerings to the Lord. So I encourage you, you could either do it with your barcode on your bulletin or there are baskets in the front and in the back, but come and give yourself to the Lord through giving of your tithes and offerings.
Please be seated. This morning as I lead in prayer, I want to just make a note that uh, a large portion of this prayer was written by Brenda Meredith. She is both the Bible study teacher during our second service, adult Bible study. She also is one of our lay readers and she wrote a beautiful prayer. And so I asked if I could steal a portion of it and she agreed. So I want to give her credit for the way the Holy Spirit spoke through her in the prayer. I will lead us in prayer and then we will join together in the Lord's prayer. Let's us pray. Lord God, you are the beginning and the end of all things, all-powerful, all-knowing, present with us all the time. Help us to more often see past our day-to-day -day issues and activities, to be humble, truly recognize who you are, and give you all that you have called us to be. At home, at work, at play, help us to keep company with you, God, for you are already there. At this very moment, together as your body of Christ, let us be still and focus our minds on you. We love you, Lord. We revere you, God Almighty. We are in awe of your majesty and the mystery of how you can love us, even in the details of our lives and our shortcomings. Forgive us, heal us, empower us to love others and do the work of your kingdom. This morning, we especially turn our hearts to our brothers and sisters in Christ in Syria, and thank you for the work you are doing there. Guide the outreach team and our pastor, Jack. May his word to us this morning be filled with your spirit, and may our hearts and minds be eager to hear your word proclaimed. Be with all the war-torn nations, and we pray your will be done, and that peace and healing begin. Help us to believe in advance what will only make sense in reverse, for that is faithful prayer. We pray for our nation, Lord, as we work to bring justice and reconciliation. Give us wisdom as we prepare to vote in early November, and help us, Lord, have your heart to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly in your ways. We lift our church and those who are in need of a healing hand for Bob and Rusty and David and others. We pray for those who grieve and we ask your comfort and we ask that you would use us to comfort others. We come to you in the name of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit as we pray together the prayer your son taught us saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Well, this morning our message is coming to us from Syria. I will be reading first the word of the Lord from Romans in English, and then we will hear it in Arabic from the Reverend Ibrahim Nisayir, who is the pastor at the church in Aleppo, Presbyterian Church there. And then we're going to watch Jack while he presents the word to us in sermon form. And so if you will please join me now as I read from Romans chapter eight. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And to deal with sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot, for those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, you are in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. This is the word of the Lord. قراءة من رسالة بولس الرسول إلى أهل روميا والأصحاح الثامن وابتداء من العدد الأول إذا لا شيء من الدينونة الآن على الذين هم في المسيح يسوع السالكين ليس حسب الجسد بل حسب الروح لأن ناموس روح الحياة في المسيح يسوع قد أعتقني من ناموس الخطيئة والموت لأنه ما كان الناموس عاجزا عنه فيما كان ضعيفا في الجسد فالله إذ أرسل ابنه في شبه جسد الخطيئة ولأجل الخطيئة فإن الخطيئة في الجسد لكي يتم بحكم الناموس فينا نحن السالكين ليس حسب الجسد بل حسب الروح فإن الذين هم حسب الجسد فبه للجسد يهتمون ولكن الذين حسب الروح 
فبما للروح لان اهتمام الجسد هو موت ولكن اهتمام الروح هو حياه وسلام لان اهتمام الجسد هو عداوه لله اذ ليس هو خاضعا لناموس الله لانه ايضا لا يستطيع فالذين هم في الجسد لا يستطيعون ان يرضوا الله واما انتم فلستم في الجسد بل في الروح ان كان روح الله ساكنا فيكم ولكن ان كان احد ليس له روح المسيح فذلك ليس له وان كان المسيح فيكم فالجسد ميت بسبب الخطيئه واما الروح فحياه بسبب البر وان كان الروح الذي اقام يسوع المسيح من الاموات ساكنا فيكم فالذي اقام المسيح من الاموات سينجي اجسادكم الميته ايضا بروحه الساكن فيكم فاذا ايها الاخوه نحن مديونون ليس للجسد لنعيش حسب الجسد لانه ان عشتم حسب الجسد فستموتون ولكن ان كنتم بالروح تميتون اعمال الجسد فستحيون لان كل الذين ينقادون بروح الله فاولئك هم ابناء الله اذا لم ياخذ روح العبوديه ايضا للخوف بل اخذتم روح التبني الذي به نصرخ يا ابا الاب الروح نفسه ايضا يشهد لارواحنا اننا اولاد الله فان كنا اولاد فاننا ورثه ايضا ورثه الله ووارثون مع المسيح ان كنا نتالم معه لكي نتمجد ايضا معه امين ليبارك الله هذه القراءه على نفسي وقلبي كل واحد منها Hello, it is my privilege to be speaking to you today, the saints of the Village Church, wherever you happen to be, as you are worshiping or as you are watching this video. I am speaking from the National Evangelical Synod Church in Aleppo in Syria, the Presbyterian Church here. I am traveling with an outreach foundation team through several cities in Syria, visiting with our brothers and sisters of the Presbyterian Church, as well as many of the other churches that are in the area, learning about their challenges, learning how they can encourage and strengthen us and how we can encourage and strengthen them. And so it is a joy and a pleasure to be gathering with you in worship today via these means as we continue to study the Word of God and learn about the Word of God. Just a few nights ago, as we came into the city of, of, uh, into the city of Aleppo, we were taken first to part of the old city that was largely destroyed during the conflict that existed here for several years. We visited that area about four years ago, and it was still largely uninhabited. Uh, some of the streets had begun to be cleared out, and it was a very, very dark and disturbing place where, where thousands of people actually had died. But this time, uh, the experience was a little bit different. The city has begun to come to life again, and part of that life expressed itself in a new art installation that was put together by some of the young people of Syria. 
an art installation that featured uh, different things that they had created as a way of expressing their fears and their confusion, but also their hopes and their dreams, maybe especially their hopes and their dreams for a renewed Syria, a renewed place of peace and prosperity. And so I wanna tell you just a little bit about that art. One of the primary features of most of the 24 installations were white doves, about the size of, of a real dove. Of course, they were, they were uh, uh, synthetic uh, polystyrene doves. They were all white, and some of the installations had just a few of them. Some of the art installations had thousands of these white doves. The white doves for the artists who were there to share with us what their art meant to them and to ask us what we thought it meant to us, uh, the doves meant many different things to the artists, but as a Christian, when I first saw the doves, it occurred to me that the dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that we are told uh, when it descended on Jesus as he was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. The, the spirit that empowers us to live for God, the spirit that is God present with us. And it occurred to me that the spirit of God is the thing that is going to be the power by which this city and this nation is rebuilt. Now, we were standing, of course, on the rubble uh, of a very, very ancient city, thousands and thousands of years old. The rubble was primarily from the modern buildings that did exist there at one time, but are now destroyed. And so the dove stood as a symbol of hope for me and for so many others, hope in the power of God to carry us through even the darkest times, the most confusing and difficult times. At the Village Church, we've been thinking in a similar way since the beginning of September. We have noted that our lives have been full of confusion, of pain, of darkness, as we have suffered through a pandemic and incredible racial tensions in our society and now a gyrating economy. We don't need to speak for too long about the troubles that we have because we all know what they are, but we have noted that in the word of Christ, in the Bible, we have an answer to the problems and the fears that we face. We have returned to Jesus' words at the end of the Sermon on the Mount when he told us that we should build our homes on rock, not on sand, that we should build our lives on the rock of his word and his truth, and especially on the rock of, of Jesus himself the one who gave his life for us, the one who opened the doorway to heaven for us, the one who teaches us what it means to have God in our lives and the one who leads us as we walk along the pathway of learning to become more loving and righteous and just in our lives. Those of you in the Village Church know well that I've given each one of you a rock, actually two rocks now, just as a reminder of this fact that we are called to build our lives on rock. I wanted to bring a rock to everybody here at the church in Aleppo, but of course that was not going to be possible without wildly exceeding my luggage weight limit. And yet they know about building their lives on rock. Much of the ancient city is built with rock, and their lives, too, are built on rock. I'm preaching to you from a sanctuary that was built after the original sanctuary was destroyed in a massive explosion early on in the war. They came to a different place and built a new church on the foundation 
not just of the rock that's underneath this church, but the rock that is their faith. For today, I want to focus just a moment on how it is that we actually go about the business of living on the rock, what it is that we actually do. Paul has already told the Romans that we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that we are not condemned anymore, that we are received in love and forgiveness and have a relationship with God through Christ. That's how Paul begins the eighth chapter, the middle section of his letter to the Romans. But after he assures us that we have God's love, that we don't need to earn God's love, that God loves us no matter what, then he goes on to talk about how that transforms and changes our lives. And that's what I want to focus on today. He says that we should be led by the Spirit of God, that we must set our minds on the Spirit of God that we must walk and live by the power of the Spirit of God that now lives in us. You see, it's as if, it's as if before, before Jesus, before our knowledge of the forgiveness of God, we were separated from God, but now we are close to God. And so we can live by the power of God's Spirit within us. I want to go further, though. I want to talk about how we actually do that. And so I'll give you just three brief things today. First of all, you and I need to ask God to give us his spirit, to make his spirit himself present and alive with us in our lives. You know, in the book of Genesis, we're told that God took a bunch of dirt and fashioned it into a human being and then breathed his spirit into us. Without that spirit, we would not have life itself. And so to have renewed life, life in Christ, life as God meant it to be from the beginning, we must receive that same spirit. And yet God, God does not force himself on us. God does not make us into something we don't want to be. And so we need to invite God to be present with us in the power of his spirit. That's the first thing that we can do. Now we can trust that God will answer that God will give us his spirit because God loves us. He's just waiting to come and be with us in life and just waiting for us to say, yes, God, we want you to be here with us, but we must first ask. The second thing that we need to do is to recognize when the spirit of God is actually present with us. We need to learn to understand when the spirit is alive and functional in our lives. You see, the Spirit of God, God's presence, makes a difference in life. You can't live your life in the presence of God and expect it to be the same old life that it was. It's going to make a difference. In the ancient church, as well as sometimes in the modern church, people believe that the spiritual presence of God with us manifests itself by being able to speak in certain kinds of languages or the gift of speaking in tongues. Maybe the Spirit of God manifests itself uh, to us in, in emotional and ecstatic experiences, but that's not really what the early church understood as being the most important thing. When Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he mentions all of those kinds of manifestations of the presence of God and the power of the Spirit with us, but, but then he tells us that there's more that there's actually something better. In that famous chapter of 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, Paul says he's going to show us a more excellent way, a more excellent way of the, of the Spirit changing our lives, and he begins to talk then 
about love. Faith, hope, and love, but especially love. In other letters, Paul talks about other manifestations of the Spirit, other ways that the Spirit transforms us and changes us. The Spirit, he says in Galatians, gives us joy and peace, patience and kindness, generosity and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. That's only the beginning of the list of the, the qualities that we have as we are led by the Spirit of God. And so when we invite the Spirit to come to be in our lives, we see the Spirit beginning to take effect as we see these qualities expressing themselves, not just in our feelings, but also in our actions. A life that is led by the Spirit and built on the rock is a life that's full of love and joy, faith and hope, patience, all of the rest. There's one other thing I want to give you today, and it's an important thing. It's one thing simply to sit there and say, okay, God, make me more loving. But there's more that we can do. God does not just instantaneously change us into magnificent examples of the human beings that he meant us to be. The process of transformation is a process. But God gives us certain tools, certain things that we can do to begin to be changed and to learn how to be loving and kind and patient and all the rest. These things are called spiritual disciplines. That name is there for a reason, spiritual disciplines. Things that we do that open ourselves to the Spirit that in effect say to God, God, come and be with us, work in us, transform us. Many of those things are very familiar to you. Worship is a spiritual discipline. To come to God with other people and to hear from God, to express our, our deepest thoughts and emotions to God, that's a spiritual discipline that opens us to the presence of God. Things like prayer and study and mutual encouragement, mutual challenge and correction. All of these are things that we do so that the Spirit of God can be revealed to us. In a sense, so that we can open our eyes to the Spirit that's already there. I would encourage you to spend some time in those spiritual disciplines because not to do that is in effect to close God off from your life in the discipline of giving and the discipline of serving and the discipline of caring for others, the Spirit of God begins to transform us. Now, we've noted that life here in Aleppo and other parts of Syria for the Christians has been very, very difficult. And we know as well in our own lives that we have faced our own challenges, even though they pale by comparison to those of the people here in Syria. Regardless, though, God has given to all of us a rock on which we can stand. The one solid rock that is the solid foundation of having the lives that, that we so crave, the rock of, of God himself. I want to bring us back to the rock as I was walking around with the group in, in old Aleppo amidst the rubble of the rock from the war's destruction. I found myself looking for other rocks and I picked up a couple. Here's a small fragment of rock that comes from a building that had been blown up. It's black. It's often used in the old construction here in Aleppo and other parts of the Middle East. 
It can be very beautiful, but the blackness of this rock reminds, of, reminds me of, of the blackness of my life and of your lives, the blackness that envelops us when our lives are filled with violence, with fear, with hatred. This rock will remind me of that blackness. But of course, there's more to the story than that, and so I picked up a, a little bit larger of a rock, a, a white rock, white like those doves that were there and, and all of those art pieces, the whiteness of the Spirit of God. White is a stronger color than black. White is a color that reminds us that, that God wants to bring light and peace and joy into hearts into our hearts through, through the presence of His Spirit. And so I'm going to bring these two rocks home with me and they're going to stay with me, I pray to God, for the rest of my life to remind me that even though there can be and still is blackness in my life, that the, the whiteness of God's love and presence will, will be stronger. I invite that love and joy and peace to be with me and we invite it to be with each other as we worship, as we pray, as we serve, as we reach out to others in love and in, and in giving ourselves to others in all the ways that are taught to us in the scriptures. This is part of what life on the rock is all about. Understanding that we must invite God to be present with us, that we must open ourselves to the power of God's spirit to transform us, to change us, to correct us, to encourage us, to spur us on to good works for the sake of others so that they too will know that power. Life in the power of God's spirit that is life that is grounded in the foundation of God's reality and truth is a life that is filled with faith and hope and especially with love. I hope you know that love in your own life today. Friends, in Paul's word, let us be led by the Spirit. Let us be children of God and let us bless the world through what God gives to us as we share that truth that rock of our lives with others. Amen. Please stand as you're able and let us affirm our faith as we read the affirmation together. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, we will die. Spirit, we put to death the deeds of the body. We will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For we did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but we have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. In fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him.
I cannot help but think about our little rocks with the cross, our stewardship rocks. But part of stewardship is saying our whole lives belong to Jesus. So as you go out today, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.